A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning. The following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am your father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 585, a new release for you. How about that? How exciting for not just the listeners, but for Pete Davidson. Yeah, no kidding. It's a palindrome. It's a milestone. It's a new release. I mean, this is quite the episode. <laughs> it's like old times, man. The king, I know. It's weird. The king of Staten Island. Uh, so there. Let's, uh, let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Of course, find us on the Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there. Like the page. Join the group. The group is called the League of Show Sharers because we're hoping if you've been kind enough to join the group, perhaps you'll share an episode from time to time uh, so your friends can discover us. People who were kind enough to share the show this week. Heather Sachs, and I noticed when I was uh, uh, collecting the League of Show Shares on Heather's, she had shared an episode, and I guess it worked because one of her friends had listened, and then they, <laughs> and then her friend oh, nice. was like, they said your name, that's so cool. <laughs> so, that's awesome. So see, it's, so see it what works. happens if you people will listen and then they'll think <laughs> you're cool because they don't know that we're not that big of a deal. <laughs> so to them, it's very exciting. <laughs> right. It elevates you. Within your friend circle. Uh, other show sharers, librarian <laughs> Cynthia Travis Tewitt, uh, Carl Clarkson, Chris Sanders, Gabriel Lugo, Ryan Terry, Chris Williams, Chris Valls, no relation, uh, Ron Johnson, Chris Magic Man, <laughs> again, no relation, uh, Tammy Sherman Powers, Julian Jordan, Brent Smith, Griffin Fox Smith, Ralph Tribble, Lane LeVanway, and Glenn Cougar Mellenbrewer. And I... My favorite. That's that's my favorite name. That's a... <laughs> And That's then I want to take a moment to, uh, to for someone who isn't on our official League of Show Shares list this week. Wait uh, and this will be, uh, you know how we have the Brad Hyen rule, right? Sure. Which is yeah. you don't get to be counted as having joined the League of Show Shares if it's an episode you were actually on, right? Like that's, that's that is the Brad Hyen rule. It's law, yes. Right. So... Uh, I'm actually going to uh, talk about somebody who is not on the list this week, and they weren't on the episode last week. <laughs> so it's the inverse <laughs> of the Brad Hyen rule, and it's uh, um, Linnea Thunsell got married, and so oh, and oh she so did. That's right. I'm giving that's right. her a pass. 
for not having shared, but I'm still going to give her a shout out because she got married and she's now Linnea Wynn. So uh, congratulations on your nuptials and uh, on behalf yeah. of your husband, it's probably for the best that you didn't share the episode last week. <laughs> she's like wait yeah. wait wait he'd be like wait we got married and you had time for that <laughs> well congratulations and now you can enter every room going winning yeah <laughs> yeah it's true but yeah that's awesome congratulations i saw the posts on uh on facebook yeah. and all that good stuff so congratulations yeah so i just guys. we want to send some congratulations to her and it's also a nice way to um torment brad hyan so it really checks both boxes I just can't win in this house. Like, it doesn't matter what time I do this podcast. Is those children refuse to not... They're, it's funny. My wife has often said these are her daughters. Because when she was a kid, she was just a loud kid. Just running around the house yelling and screaming. For no reason. No, like, you, you, I don't know if you can hear it. Oh, I she, can hear like, it. The, old, the oldest is, like, yelling for the dog. I have an 800-foot square house. <laughs> It's not a big house, so he's either outside or in the same room with, <laughs> with her. Like that's kind of not always like, right here. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Good lord, just let me go back to sleep, will you?" I also wanted to give a shout out to a new League of Show Share member, uh, Matt Leong, who is just this weird uh, cross platform of oh, my I was life like, right now. I'm like, are you calling him weird? Welcome to the League of Show Shares. No, You're no, no. weird. <laughs> You're weird. Well, he is listening to this podcast, Tom. Touche. That is also true. So I have, you know, I'm friends with Spath and all those guys. And through that group is this guy, Matt, who it turns out I went to high school with all of his siblings. Not him, <laughs> but all of his siblings. And so he joined uh, this week. And it was just this weird moment of what what is cross-contamination of personal life and podcast life that has right. finally, uh, it's happened. Well, welcome, Matt. Yeah, welcome, Matt. He's a, he's a good dude. He's a very nice guy. Should I have brought someone to mention that didn't share the episode? Yeah, it's like a show and tell episode. Has some weird exception. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to. Um... Nope, too late. Oh, <laughs> you missed your window. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, it's, you, we don't want your pity. And besides, you probably would have just been Brad, and he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> so, uh, so also don't forget we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you can get all sorts of bonus content, and uh, and you help us out, and that's greatly appreciated. So, anyway, there's all of that. Uh, let's dig into the King of Staten Island. This, so I I completely forgot that this was being made. I think with everything that's been going on, I how long do we know how long this was? completed before release? I don't think it's sh- I don't Bef- think it sat on the shelf like I think no. it pretty much ended up going to VOD when it would ha- at the same time that it would have been released released theatrically oh, right? okay okay it was at South by Southwest uh, in March of this year so I mean it went to the festival and it it must have just gotten picked up and it was ready for release and all the stuff went down so obviously a very bad timing for release in theaters but this one went complete VOD uh, there was a snafu at Universal where there was gonna it was gonna be on like a hundred screens, I believe, all drive-ins, and then they pulled them, and so people had already bought tickets and stuff, so they were very upset, and it was just a total internal snafu because like Judd Apatow's like, no, this was supposed to only go VOD. Someone internally signed it up for theaters, but they Got pulled it. it, you know, the day before or whatever. So um, 
but yeah, they went straight VOD with this one. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat though, Joe, because earlier this year when people were talking about it coming out, I'm like, I mean, if you don't follow the festival buzz and at this time I, I hadn't, and I was just like, what, what is this movie? I had no idea this was coming out. And then I was like, Oh, Pete Davidson. So do you, you like know? Pete Davidson? No. Well, did I like Pete Davidson or do prior, I? The prior question. to this? No, I've I've not ever really been a fan of him on SNL. I I don't think he's that funny, and I have questioned for a long time why they keep him around. The only thing I could figure out is maybe because he's a friend and all of his issues. Maybe they're like, yeah, probably not the best time to fire this guy. But like, I feel like he kept getting chances, like, and he keeps sticking around the show. And then they put him on a limited capacity. I mean. My heart goes out to anyone having troubles and, and such, but I'm just saying they've fired other people before. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've never really been a fan of his. But then I saw this movie and whoa, buddy. Yeah. Like, to me, just to put this simply, like, I believe this is his punch drunk love, which was Adam Sandler's coming out party to like, wow, this guy can act. I thought he was phenomenal in this movie. And I'll just leave it at that for now. Funny. Tom, what I, is, like what is, I was just say, what is your standpoint on Pete Davidson prior to this? I have a slightly inverse opinion in that I like him on SNL. Yeah, I do too. And I think, um, Pete Davidson is very divisive, uh, performer. And I really don't understand why people like, there are people that have just a palpable hatred for the dude. And well, yeah. he's got a punch face. And I, yeah, and I, <laughs> I mean, he he looks like a douchebag. He yeah. he like he he has this he has this thing where he's got this swag. He used to have a tattoo on his chest saying that swag would never die. I mean, that's pretty douchey. <laughs> he he carries himself and and looks and acts like a douche. And like, I mean, I thought he was great in this movie, but he just is one of these people where you're like, that's not to me at least. I watch him on SNL. I'm like, that's you're not funny. So okay, but here's the thing. I'm giving you. I'm giving no, no, you no, an no. explanation though. I'm just trying to answer. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no, I know, and I and I I think it's a, it's it, it's an age thing because okay. Um, imagine yourself being 45, 50 years old in 1975. Wouldn't you probably have had the same reaction to Bill Murray? Or Eddie Murphy. I could see that, but I would never put him in the talent category of the comic stylings of Bill Murray. Never. I, I, I don't think he's as funny as Bill Murray, but just the the like the visceral reaction so many yes. people seem to have the, to the guy. I'm like and their complaints yeah. about him so often I'm like, there are so many not just comedians, but SNL comedians that you could hang that label on. Chevy Chase is a douchebag mm -hmm. but people are but right. he's real but he's funny and or at least he was and um he was funny. but uh yeah but but you know what but like with bill murray he had that he always had that swagger and that cocky attitude and that douchiness to him but to me like he backed it up like he owned it and that was him see i feel like pete davidson is doing that but he i don't know it doesn't seem natural to me i feel like he's almost emulating that and it's not a thing that he has i mean that's just how it comes so here off. you are not wrong but the it, it's the same thing it's the same quality because bill murray had that douchebag swagger cocky attitude but you still he still had that heart of gold mm -hmm. and i think but pete davidson is the exact same thing just in 2020 yeah he's the millennial yeah. version of that he's, he's the and, he's the millennial version of, of bill murray and i think that like a lot of that anger that's directed at him is this whole oh millennials are ruining the world thing and it and he kind of becomes like 
that incarnate for a lot of people. I will say the way he dressed in this movie drove me insane. <laughs> like his style of dress just drove, like going to that baseball game in board in like gym shorts and a button up short sleeve goofy ass t-shirt and and slides drove me bonkers. <laughs> but that's but that's how that's how he That is it. That's, that's his thing yep. though. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why I think people it's a, it's like that's one reason people don't like him is because yeah, it's his like style. It's his style. You know, it's the style of like don't do your hair when you get up. Don't put on any nice clothes. Mismatch your clothes. Put on goofy like it's that I don't care attitude because it's like I'm so like I don't care. I'm so cool. I don't it doesn't matter. And I think that frustrates people because there's certain people that can do that and they look like a model. Like they can right. do that and you're just like, "Damn, they are awesome. They can you you pull that off." And there's people that just look goofy. Yeah, but but, you know? but I would like, also <laughs> make the argument of judging by the uh the, the caliber and status and success of the women he's oh, dated absolutely. like uh it's clear yeah you can't really it's ariana grande and kate beckinsale yeah it's clear like two of the back-to-back so ones. it's like wow okay. it's okay beckinsale clearly yeah. and ariana grande ariana grande is i mean she's not a joke like she is a she's a top she's the female pete davidson <laughs> Well, she's insanely successful, is my point. And, yes, and, right, and, right. I, and I, right. No, she's just so annoying. She's like the Justin Bieber but I, female equivalent. No. But again, I also yeah. think I think I think Kevin, you're sliding into middle age because I, I <laughs> and I mean, I'm not like I'm listening to her records, but I, but it's like, but I think that it's she's just not for you. You know what I mean? She's yeah. just not your thing. She's not my thing either. Right. But uh, but but you can't argue with the fact that she's she's sells records. Or at least sells, you know. Streams oh yeah, I never will. I, I'm and, always able. To, yeah. I'm always able to step back and admit things like that. So just because I don't like someone, yeah, I'll never say like they're not successful. I'll never say other people don't like them, and I'll never fault other people. Like if that's your thing, fine. I'm just saying like, and and I think you're right, Tom. I think I'm just grown up. I'm at that age where now like those those young whippersnappers, like the stuff people are listening to. I'm like that music's crap. Yeah, their styles. You know, the I'm culture starting to shift beneath your feet. Yeah, right. And, right. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and get used to it because it's not going to stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no end in sight. I will also say, uh, in terms of the movie, so my reaction is a little bit different. Overall, I enjoyed the movie and I thought Pete Davidson was really good in it. I, I, I'm hesitant to say that he's a great actor or that he's going to have a huge movie career based off of this film, just because this film has so many autobiographical elements. That yeah. I I question you know he, he it's not like he had to dig very deep for a lot of the I mean these are deep and personal issues that that helped create who he is for better or worse so I don't mean it's not it's not deep in that regard but from an acting standpoint it's not like he got lost in a character I mean this is very much just an an ever so slightly fictionalized version of himself let me play devil's advocate though real quick okay I can see what you're saying how it'd be like well yeah he's basically playing Pete Davidson I've seen some people refer to it as 75% his life and then the other 25% the fictionalized part but the thing is sometimes if a person tries to to do that they could be trying too hard and it could not seem natural oh, sure sometimes i think it could be very difficult to play yourself and to make it seem like 
like you're just doing that. And so the way he does it in this movie, I feel is effortless. And I, I just, again, like I want to clarify, I think he's amazing in this movie. I loved him in this movie and I'm not a fan of him. Yeah. So just like with Melissa McCarthy, because that's probably the closest example. Like I've never been a fan of hers. Like, the thing I liked her best in was the heat and that's about it. And then, and I eventually saw spy and that was pretty funny. But when I saw that, uh, can you ever forgive me? I'm like, wow, she's phenomenal in that movie. So I'm not above like saying like this person that I'm not a fan of is excellent in something. And that this movie did that to me to where now I may even see him differently on SNL. Right. I'm like, wow, he was so good. He may have shifted my opinion a bit. So here's the thing on SNL is he doesn't do characters. He's never he's never really in sketches. He's always it's kind of pretty rare. He's he's always been like the young millennial that comes on Weekend Update. He's also himself. Yeah, he's himself. Just like yeah, he's- <laughs> but it's very like I I find that very like him. So here's the advantage that he has had so far is he has surrounded himself with uh, phenomenal actors and comedians. So when he's on Weekend Update, he's playing off of Jost and Shay. And there's a chemistry there, but because those three are friends. So there's a chemistry there between those three guys. In this one, he surrounds Bill Burr, who comes out of left field. Bill Burr is amazing in this movie. Bill Burr is great. Uh, Marissa Tomei is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got these people around him that help him elevate. And that has been his... Uh, that's, uh, that's what I feel like a young comedian, a young actor needs to... Uh, people aren't going to come out and be Johnny Depp. That's... I mean, Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, those guys are once-in-a-lifetime actors sure. who just have that charisma and skill and ability where I think some young actors and comedians kind of lose their footing is when they think they can do it by themselves hmm. right away. You know, yeah. when you're, you know, Jonah Hill didn't start off as Jonah Hill. You know, Jonah Hill was the side guy in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. You know, he was the guy with the the fish in the boots or he showed up in some some like kind of like like what, like early 2000s Animal House knockoff kind of comedies. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. like, yeah, he, he was you know just kind of a bit player until they he kind of crossed paths until super bad. Right. You know, yeah. he has that the, the his his kind of cameo in 40 year old virgin is amazing. Yeah. Like his delivery is great. But then he gets with Aptow. Uh, and here we are, like the dude got nominated for an Oscar, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think having Judd Aptow, who you can like him or you can hate him. I think he's kind of like Pete Davidson where he's, he can be very divisive. Um, but he's a fantastic comedian and he's a, he's a great scout of talent. Mm-hmm. So having him write and direct this was, uh, something that needed to happen i don't know if anybody else could have reined him in but to your point joe so i'm looking at freaks and geeks it doesn't look like joan hill was on it i thought he maybe did but it's all the other people that are in these movies it's rogan and but but frank look, and look at the guys. cast of this though and, and listen to these people and see who they are today but you've got linda cardellini yep. john francis daly james franco sam levine seth rogan jason siegel martin Starr. Like these names. Go are... look at go look at the class. Uh, go look at the cast of. Uh, is it undeclared? Yeah. Go look at that one. Yeah, it's it's is that it's, that's even bigger. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I never watched it, but 
but yeah, uh, you know, so Apatow, like you said, I think to your point is a great scout of talent and look at all the comedians, the people that have taken off since, since his early successes, like the 40 year old virgin. Um, but yeah, I mean, but look at this movie and, and the way it starts off, you know, I mean, you're talking about him playing off other comedians and actors, which I, I don't disagree at all, but this movie starts off with him by himself in a car contemplating killing himself yeah. and like from that moment on i mean that that moment had my heart beating like i didn't think he was gonna die in the first scene but still <laughs> just his performance and the, and the way that he his acting in it like i mean he's right there it's just him in a car and man yep it's what a way to start and and, and even even the way he when he pulls himself out of it and he's you know the the two car it's not a bad accident from the way it looks but it's an accident nonetheless. And he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then like immediately puts his seatbelt on. Yeah. You know, like at high speed, it sure would have been a bad accident. Sure, with seat sure. Belt. Yeah. So you, you say you were getting punch drunk live punch drunk love vibes. Just, well, no, 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 not the movie. No, but no, no. That was but Sandler's breakout. I'm getting eternal sunshine vibes. This Pete Davidson reminds me a lot of, of, of Jim Carrey in how he almost has like that rubbery face. Okay. You know, but like didn't just, but Jim Carrey did serious stuff before that though. I think Eternal Sunshine's his first. Maybe that's the one that everybody remembers. But he did like the majestic, and he did right Truman uh, but, Show. But Eternal, cer- certainly Truman had a, Show, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Eternal Sunshine is the one that I think most people go back to. Well, which is a great movie, but I just mean that Carrey proved he could act with stuff sure, like the sure, majestic sure, sure. and the Truman Show, like that. Uh, that my my only point i'm just saying like i don't think adam sandler could act before punch drunk love like he was a comedian i see what you're saying and punch drunk love was like holy crap this movie's amazing and sandler in this dark comedy like you know that's that was my comparison like the tone of it i'm not saying that a judd Judd apatow movie felt like a um paul thomas anderson movie or anything it's just no no i I hear you i get it but i'm just saying like i i was getting just in the way that he moves and the way that he delivered lines i was getting major jim carrey vibes gotcha um interesting okay but yeah and then we we cut to his friends getting stoned in a basement and it's not i mean that scene is a pretty good idea of like where he is at this point and his name is scott but we'll probably keep calling him pete because that's just <laughs> what we do uh but this is an apatow scene you get your apatow without stuff question. here <laughs> you know it's and it's and he's he's you can tell when he's with these group of people that he has, you know, you're, you're focused on him. Like even when they try to focus on the other characters, you're focused on Pete Davidson. Uh, and like, I love the scene, you know, he kind of gives this girl the nod and she's like, Oh yeah. Okay. And then they, you know, they jump into his bedroom and they go hook up. And this is another great scene where he's, they're kind of go, he's able to have these conversations. This felt real. Right. You know, like a lot of these movies just, you know, when you have two characters who are having a conversation, you know, they're reading a script. But the way he's delivering the dialogue here feels like you're sitting, you know, as weird as this sounds, you're sitting in a room with them and watching them have this conversation in real time. Well, that's why I think his performance is so great. And I loved him in this movie is I think the one word to describe it is truth. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of this he's pulling from his real life experiences, but look at how many people love the way back with Ben Affleck and he's dealing, you know, I mean, he's doing, he's tapping into the same thing that these actors that deal with real life things like, you know, they're able to tap into them and sometimes it can pull out a brilliant performance and you could also try to do it and fail miserably. But in this movie, every time he, he talks, and whether it's him being goofy and silly, like, you know, we know he can do, or um, he's being serious, like in this moment, it's like he 
he feels like a real person and that's why this movie works i think so well is the truth of of his character like every the right it's it's a combination of the writing by judd apatow and pete davison's performance and they just mesh together brilliantly yeah i agree um so yeah so then we just kind of we're moving forward and we're learning more and more about pete's life so let's run through so so basically he's he's a loser he's like a a college dropout like an art school dropout or something i think yeah he's a high he's a high school dropout he didn't get through high school yeah he didn't okay he doesn't even have a ged okay so he lives at home with his mom um his sister played by judd apatow's daughter is uh going off to college and she's like oh is that who that was yeah, it's a is Maude that, Apatow. That, and she was in Funny People and all that stuff, too, right? As a little she girl. Was, the little girl, right, right. Yeah, okay, so, okay. So, yeah, no, that's his real daughter. So, um, but, you know, she's going off to college, and she's like, how how are you going to survive without me? Like, you know, single mom, Marissa Tomei, um, he lost his dad in a similar situation. Pete Davidson's dad, of course, died during 9-11. Yeah, if, right, anything, um, was, if anything, in the movie, his dad dies in a less dramatic fashion. <laughs> right, ab- exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so. He, his real life dad died during 9-11 and uh, this one he died during a hotel fire and so but you know that 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 theme is going to carry on through the movie a lot of it is about firefighters and and who you know he finds his new family later on but uh, you know he's dealing with the loss of his dad we can infer that he's acting out and he's you know a lot of his issues uh are stemming from that um but he has it's um he has crohn's disease uh he's like you know he's just like got all these things going wrong with him and plenty of things to blame you know be mad at the world about but the main thing is he's like this loser living at home and he doesn't have any idea what he's going to do with his life but his one um his one passion that he does have is being a tattoo artist that's what he wants to do but his work is pretty much terrible it's not good (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, and he's tattooing all of his buddies, and I do love the scene with the friend where he's like, you "Look at this Barack Obama! Like, it doesn't look right. You like, didn't even get Obama right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's uneven. I can't go to the yeah. barber shop. I can't hang out with my friends because of this yeah. tattoo. Like, this is. Terrible. I love that he's used all his friends as canvases, and especially the little guy. He's yeah. used him like twenty Oscar. times. No, Igor, 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 Igor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so the sister's leaving, and of course the sister's like, "Please." please just be okay. And he's like, okay. You know, like he's not committing to anything because you know, it's kind of what he does. And he even says to, uh, the girl that he's the, like that he's hooking up with where she's like, can we get past? Like, I love this part, but can we move to something else? And he's has all of these excuses as to why, and it's it's not like he, that's a funny line too because like they grew up together as little right. kids and so he's like that would be like incest yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like it's like you're my sister and she's like ew but he's I don't feel it as though he's trying to just keep it as them hooking up like he legitimately is terrified of a relationship and, and of I think his, of, and of hurting her yeah of damaging her I think he knows that he's chaos and he doesn't want to pull her into it. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's not like he's being like, no, no, no. I just like this part. I don't want the the touchy feely stuff because when we get to the end, you know, he says some stuff that is very touching, and uh, so we're we're getting even bigger, you know, more ideas of like what's going on. But yeah, the the scene with the sister where uh the graduation party stuff where Marissa Tomei, who I think just said in an article, I shouldn't have taken the role as like the middle-aged mom well a lot she took a bunch of roles she kept doing right, it yeah she she's kept being doing typecast it. <laughs> as a mom <laughs> which is just insane right, right. like it's marissa tomei you know 
they go to this graduation party and it's uh this very affluent Staten Island family uh and they're you know the the mom and oh, dad are up there and, so gross those parents <laughs> i know oh. so gross <laughs> <laughs> uh where they're just they're they're pouring uh praise and love over both of these girls uh scott's sister and their daughter because it's like re- pretty tight it's just ridiculous though the it way like oh and my god our pete's... daughter blah 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 and yeah <laughs> and pete's commentary through the entire thing yeah we're like i kept expecting the guy standing next to him to be like man shut up but they just let him go. They just let him, yeah. But they it's great because be. he's the surrogate. That is exactly most people in their right mind would be like Pete Davidson, like shut <laughs> up, shut what are up. You no, you, no, you know, lying. Boy, how how great was the view from their house, though? I'm telling you, <laughs> no kidding. I like I've never been to Staten Island, so I don't know what it looks like. But I have to assume that that's a legit thing. Like the the suburbs of Staten Island have these massive homes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I, I mean, it, I I think what it is is that it's it's from what I can gather, like it seems like it's pretty working class, but there's probably this area where because of the views, right. They've built these very expensive homes. So like that's a very expensive home for Staten Island, but to get a, a, a house with a comparable view in Brooklyn might cost sure. two or three times as much. And so it's like, you're a big deal, but you're only a big deal in Staten Island, you know? And, right. And the movie talks a lot about how Staten Island is kind of the, the borough that everybody takes a dump on and, and nobody has any respect for it. And uh, just real quick, to give you an idea, I uh, I did a quick Google of films set in Staten Island because I'm just like, okay. oh, there are so many movies that take place in New York, right? Like, yeah. So you would expect a pretty large list. So according to, to Wikipedia, they have 11 movies <laughs> that have been set in Staten Island, one of them being this one. And, <laughs> and I've only heard of two of them. I've, I, there's, so I've heard of three is kind of a bank shot. There's one called Exiled, but it's a Law and Order movie. So I've heard of Law and Order. <laughs> it's a Law and Order movie. But like that's, you know, I've heard of Law and Order because the president tweets about it constantly. But, uh, <laughs> um, <favorite> show. <laughs> one can only presume that's what he's doing is watching Law and Order. I'm assuming like he's just a big fan of Dick Wolf. Uh, Welcome back, Elliot Stabler. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but the other, the other movie that I had heard of is a an art house movie with Sally Fields that came out a few years ago called Hello, My Name Is Doris. Mm-hmm. And and but honestly, the only movie that the average person would have heard of that's on this list, which I think says it all, <laughs> the first purge, which I believe <laughs> is what they're watching in this movie. It is. Marissa that's Tomei's exactly what in it. Watching. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, it's they- Lena Headley. What? Marissa Tomei is not in the first Purge. Oh, she's not? Was Is she no, in one of the Purges? No. It's Lena Headley. Lena Headley's in the first one. Oh, uh, she is in the first Purge. Marissa Tomei is? Marissa Tomei is in the first Purge. So I yes. mean the movie titled The First Purge, not oh, The Purge. The First came. Purge, yeah. Yeah, not. I'm sorry. Not, <laughs> I thought we were talking about. Well, the there's a Ethan movie Hawk. called The Purge, which is the first one in the series, of but course. then there's That's also in the series a film called The First Purge. Yeah. Literally, and I'm referring yes. to that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. That is true. Okay, I'm with you. The main action starts up when he and his buddies are at the park smoking weed and, and he's trying to convince people to do tattoos and that's <laughs> and these guys are just like, No, we're not doing any more tattoos and this nine year old kid comes along and is like, Yeah, I want a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, and he start and of course he gets through one line and the kid <laughs> runs oh the runs kid up. runs away of giving you know. It makes sense. But you know what? This is good exposition, too. We always talk about this, and, and we all know I hate lazy exposition, and I don't know who would enjoy it. But this movie is really good, too, because I think this movie shows you so much about Pete Davidson's character, not only through the things that he's telling you, but the way he acts. Anyone that thinks it's okay to tattoo a nine-year-old has no idea what they're doing right yeah you know what i mean like that's not legal like you can't (laughs) i was glad this was like the mechanism to pull bill burr's character into the film because when this scene ended i was like what am i watching right now because i'm like if i'm supposed to like this guy and i'm like this isn't funny like this is like get away with that it's a child yeah like like, not you would go to jail for tattooing a child right (laughs) and so like and And because it's Apatow, like I'm at this point in the film, I'm still like I don't exactly know the the tone that we're we're going for because I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, Apatow has always had these kind of man child characters, yeah. who do things that you shouldn't do, but they're it's they're still lovable sure. and it's still funny within the context of that world because that world isn't real. Where this movie up to this point and throughout ultimately. It's a grounded. It, it feels movie. a lot more grounded than his other films, and this so, is like funny people. This yeah. is very much like funny people, and and this and I feel it's it's even more more grounded than that. But yeah, sure. but um, but like so if if Seth Rogen tattoos a kid in forty, you know, in 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 uh in uh, knocked up. There we go. Thank you. And knocked up like that has a different sheen to it and i'd sure. be more apt to roll with that and just be like ha that's funny not in it's real silly. life but in this movie <laughs> yeah. it's funny but in this movie i'm i'm like i'm honestly like i as a parent i was kind of horrified you no know? totally that's yeah. that's what i mean so i'm watching that and i'm just like this not i'm like you're you're getting that this guy has no idea what he's doing he's making terrible decisions clearly and he's doing this terrible thing like you just can't do that but that's a great way to pull Bill Burr and like you said and so Bill Burr is this kid's dad and he goes to the root to to Pete Davidson's house and Marissa Tomei answers the door and he's just like letting her have it about about him and where's your son <laughs> the best the best this? part of that whole thing is when Pete Davidson comes around the corner and he yeah. sees the oh, kid yeah and he's like oh shit, and turns <laughs> oh. around and walks away <laughs> yeah yeah but Very, yeah, yeah that's yeah he is tearing into it and if, you know Bill Burr I think is probably one of the best comedians working today. He is fantastic. He has the, almost the same qualities that we are talking about with Pete Davidson, where he just feels real. You know, some of these comedians, I, I you know, I don't know. Dane Cook is the first one that comes to mind <laughs> where like his shtick is not was this 2000. Well, I mean, I just mean like he's talking he, about Dane Cook. Well, I mean, like his <laughs> shtick, it was like you just felt like that wasn't him. Sure. You know, like he was, he had a character on stage, right? This sure, super manic, high energy where Bill Burr feels like, like if you were to have a conversation with him, he's real. Th- you're getting this, you're getting the guy from on stage is the same guy. Go listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with Bill Burr to, pr- to promote this movie. It's fantastic. When they started talking about masks. Yeah. Is some of, is the best two minutes in podcasting besides the 31 minutes we've done so far. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a great episode. Go listen and you'll you'll 
you'll find out how real Burr is. He yeah. talks about his man. He talks about managers and how they'll screw you over and all the mistakes he's made. And he gives advice to young comedians and don't sign this deal. And if you're starting a podcast, don't sign sign it away because the you know they're trying to screw you over. Like he is so real and he's so funny. He's very. He funny. will just say stuff. He he has one of those natural timings where, of course, the best comedians like they just they don't ever they don't have to feel like they're on all the time. It's not yuckety yuck, but you're just talking and they say the most hilarious stuff and oh boy so to not promote another podcast too much but that is a great also interview. joe rogan got himself in a little bit of trouble this week when did, he gets himself in trouble every week yeah but somebody said given this this has been a weird cancel week like the floodgates opened not so what do you say real quick uh somebody i guess there he was talking to joey diaz and somebody else and uh one of them said that he wouldn't let female performers go up on stage unless they took care of business. If you catch my drift and there was a, there was laughter. So that kind of was the, you know, uh, I'm telling you what Joey Diaz said that or who said, no, I think it was the other guy. And I don't remember who the other guy is. And honestly, I don't give a crap. So he didn't correct him. So he's now in trouble. Yeah. Basically like he should have said like, that's not, but I, I get what you mean, and that's obviously gross, and you shouldn't say it. But like, these are comedians, and he, Joe Rogan, has the type of thing where people listen to him, and he's got this huge deal and everything because he doesn't apologize, and he right. he's not politically correct. So I, he didn't say it, and I'm not going to necessarily say he should be canceled because he didn't correct a comedian making a joke, but. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it's also, I mean, it's also been a weird week. Chris D'Elia got... Well, that's his, yeah, his buddy, Chris D'Elia. Look at that. Big trouble, big trouble. Uh, I Wrestling Corner, the wrestling world has ex- has blown up. Like, it was it was nuts this in the last three days of how many wrestlers and promoters uh, were... The, I think the hashtag was uh, speak, speaking out. Jeez. And it was bonkers welcome to 2020 it's a weird year yeah well that's yeah you you, if you're a scumbag you better get ready because absolutely it's it's coming your way tom (laughs) 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 so speaking of non-scumbags so so uh bill burr plays ray and ray is a firefighter so right off the bat there's this connection to his to Pete's dad or Scott's dad in the movie uh, and and that's clearly what we're going to get into and that's what most of the movie is about but uh, he sees Marissa Tomei and you know he's kind of like he does kind of a double take you know he's he's yelling because about, it's Marissa Tomei right no one's no one's debating that so you know he's he's you know chewing uh, Scott out and saying how terrible he is and everything, but then you can kind of see he's like oh hey I'm I'm Ray <laughs> yeah, right I do love where the kids like. No, no, I, I, I told him to do it. And he was like, yeah, thank yeah. you. All right. Go, go stand over there. Go stand. Yeah. He's like, go, go, don't talk back. Don't get out of here. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we jumped to the sister driving away. You know, Pete's smoking a vape on the couch. The sister and uh, her friend have packed the car and they're leaving. And I do love where she's like, are you going to help pack? And she's like, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll be there. And she's like, no, it's fine. We're done. So he walks outside and the sister drives away. And she's like, please just be nice to mom. And uh, Pete, it's something I, I don't think he's an asshole. I just think he's incapable of being nice at this point in the movie. Like he's just yeah, no, I he's don't. Just so clueless. He's likable in this movie because it's not malicious. He's not a jerk. He's 
he is. He's a loser. Like, he's just like, and I don't mean that in right. a mean way, but what I mean is he just has no direction. He's dealing with all this crap. He, you know, he thought about crashing his car in the first scene. He, he, there's something inside of him broken. Yes. And he's trying to figure out how to be happy. He has a very stunted growth. I mean, he, you know, from a mature, maturity standpoint, I mean, he's, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, he's essentially 13. And so he has all the kind of, selfishness that goes along with being 13 yeah i'm i'm a i'm not middle-aged i'm 24 i'm a 24 year old man and i'm going to my room because i want to yeah not because <laughs> she's telling me to so uh, ray starts secretly dating margie who that's the yeah so they're by marissa tomei they're constantly like pete would walk out of the house and then ray would sneak in like i mean it's hilarious yeah, like he's just doing. constantly trying to walk sneak around scott at this point uh, and finally, once they finally get together, like Pete starts, Scott starts walking his kids to school. And uh, I love this scene. I loved the scene with him and the kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's you get a moment of who this character probably is deep down. Yeah. It, hel- it definitely helps make you like him because yes. he does. He is legitimately enjoying his time with these kids. But not yeah. being fake. He's still being him, but he's legitimately enjoying his interaction with the children. Probably because yes. he can relate to kids, right? Yeah. Because of his stunted growth. Like he is more he's closer to them at this point than adults. He feels more comfortable and he can talk to them about the things that he likes. You know, he likes to smoke weed and watch cartoons and just right. whatever. You know, that's that's <laughs> he can relate to these kids, maybe not the weed part, but uh <laughs> you know, the immaturity is helping him to bond with them. But it's also showing he is a good person and uh that's a really fun to see as that relationship goes but so now uh ray played by bill burr wants to bond with him and start to be friends with him because he's dating this kid's mom yeah so he invites him to a baseball game with the other firefighters and this was a fantastic scene i mean you got yeah. steve buscemi who i think what? is a firefighter former firefighter yeah, yeah he was a yeah. fire i mean during on after 9 11 he actually went down to his old firehouse and suited up and worked for i think at least a month or two yeah, like, he was yeah. a firefighter before he was an actor. So, right. I mean, that's was his. Yeah. yeah. So they they just start telling, uh, you know, war stories, kind of, and then, uh, Pete Davidson, we get a, a a very good, very heartfelt look into what he feels and what he's going through when he lost his dad, and of course, all of the firefighters. I, Steve Buscemi asked the kid if he asked him if he wants a hot dog. He's like, no, I have Crohn's. And he was like, what's that? And he was like, yeah, it's a thing with the lining of your stomach where he makes you crap your pants all the time. And he was like, great, didn't need to know that, but okay. Uh, but and he just asked. <laughs> yeah, right. And he just kind of goes off about being a firefighter. And it puts a damper on the whole thing. But I, none of the firefighters there take offense to it mm-hmm. because they all know it's kind of true. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. on some level they all they don't like to be reminded that that that's a possibility but i agree i think they all know that he's not wrong right yeah and so uh he goes home and is this where they kind of where they he he basically says i want to kind of he wants to try to break uh ray and his mom scene he oh no he does go to the he gets he gets the apprentice he goes to get that apprenticeship right with machine gun kelly Who's right. the tattoo artist? There's a and this was for a great you. scene. This was a great. What'd you say? There's a d bag for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, this is a great scene where like the guy's tattooing and you see he's dating tattoo- Megan Fox. I yeah. Okay. I mean, good for him. I mean, you know, it's Megan he's, Fox. A, he's another well one of those that just <laughs> yeah. must must be slanging it. He's he's the new uh, 
uh, Fez from that 70s show. Like, if you look at Fez's, like, history or Justin Timberlake, you're like, wow, all right. Yeah. Um, I think it's another thing where it's just a cultural, like, divide in terms of young and old people. Because I will also say, I meant to bring this up earlier, that uh, I have a 15-year-old son and a, th- and a 13-year-old stepdaughter. And when I was watching this movie, they were both like, oh, the new Pete Davidson movie, can I watch? Both of them. Uh-huh. And they never... I absolutely believe that. They almost never asked to watch the movies with me and i don't know outside of horror films sydney never wants to watch any of the films so um the fact that she wanted to watch a non-horror movie says a lot about his appeal with a certain age demographic i agree so he doesn't get the apprenticeship because like machine gun kelly's gonna have him just like taking out trash and doing dirty work he's like i'm 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 not doing this this is stupid so he goes to get a job as a waiter and they the, show him i i i love the making fun of the guy's tattoos like to his face oh yeah he's got that like a white fantastic. supremacist guy yeah, in yeah he's like so he's the like, so a guy came in and said i wanted to get a, the grim reaper with a confederate flag wrapped around it we could just tell him to f off right and the guy's <laughs> like what but yeah he goes to uh the guy this guy was also i what was this guy on this guy was on a was he on Malcolm in the Middle? What's that? He was this the guy that runs this restaurant. He's somebody's brother on a show. And I can't maybe it was that Donald Lowe's show. Was it Grounded for Life? I don't know. I never watched it. Uh he's out on Grounded for Life because I'm currently rewatching that with the kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a great show. Oh, wait, are you talking about um Oh, you're talking about I was thinking about the restaurant manager, the black guy. You're talking about the white guy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He was on Grounded for Life. That's uh he was Uncle Eddie. He's also Kevin Corrigan. Yeah, he was I mean, he had a small role in uh in Superbad. Yes. The guy oh, that's that, right. that that drives him to the party and he's in good. The guy that hits him with the car? Uh he's like the the guy that picks him up and, and takes him to the house party. Hmm. Um, I don't think that's because that guy is on Brooklyn Nine Nine. The guy that hits him with the car, and he's like, "It's okay, I'm a cool guy. I'm, I I don't have any like non. I don't. I have I have a couple non-violent felonies. That's the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. But he's also he's also the brother in Grounded for Life. Yes, he gets this job, and it's not the greatest, right? But it's like it's it's a job because he needs the money because the they're going to kick him out of the house. They're going to kick He's him out of the house. Work. This is uh so he has to like fight for tips and which is just insane. Like they're putting on Hulk hands and Yeah, it's fight club for tips. Yeah. <laughs> Finally he realizes that he he goes to they go to the um the college to see his his sister and he, they have this great time and like as he's incapable of having uh, happy moments like and let let them be right so at the end of the thing at the end of the day he is talking to his sister and he's like we're gonna break him up right and the sister's like no no like leave her alone she's happy and he's like no I got it and she's like please don't do anything dumb you know and here's the, like I'm not sure what time of year this movie takes place anymore because yeah it's a weird this, there's the a timeline doesn't make sense really with it I feel like if we're so finally we get to like October and because the sister's having a Halloween party, but it still very much looks like it's warm in Staten Island. And I they're not don't wearing think any coats or anything be. on yeah. Staten Island. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense with the weather and I stuff. I feel like it'd so. be pretty chilly. So, so it's not always cold on Halloween. You do have. I just mean like in New York. In New right. York, though, in October, that's yeah. pretty cold. <laughs> um. So he goes and talks to the ex-wife, 
and he sits down and he is Ray's very, ex-wife. Ray's ex-wife, yeah. Who is also a very funny comedian. She's been on a couple shows. I think she had her own show at one point on FX. Is that Pamela Adlon? The yeah, it's yeah, Bobby Hill. Bobby Hill and yeah, yeah she's yeah. the therapist on This Is Us and she's on a lot of Louis C.K. shows yeah. and We just yeah. I the only reason I recognize that is cuz we talked about her on a few episodes back. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 She's in Greece too. Right, she that's is in why, Greece yeah. Too. Yes. Yeah. Uh so he goes back and I guess he tells because you never see this happen. I guess he tells his mom all of this stuff that's bad because while he's in the backyard, here comes Ray and they go at each other. Like it's I take this back. Ray beats him. Doesn't no, you know what? That's not fair. Ray never lays a hand on him. No, Ray's very mature about it because he's on the defensive and he yeah. takes him down defensively, but never yes. punches him, never does anything. Uh you throws know. him in the pool. Yeah, throws him in the pool. Um, cools him and, off and he's like sorry he's like i had to do that because you were getting out of hand and like <laughs> right. he handles it very maturely because he knows pete's got a lot of anger sorry scott's got a lot of anger and he this kid is just trying to take it out on somebody and and he's the target because he's dating his mom and yeah i really like how he handled this uh but unfortunately marissa tomei comes in and when you know no matter who started it when you well, see also, a yeah. guy choking your son out it's just you know well, he wasn't. He just kind of he was pinning his arms down and making. Okay, you know, he, but he's okay. still in a but, physical altercation yes. with. You are with, right. Yeah, <laughs> he is on top of he is on top of Pete Davidson and yes. like screaming at him to stop. So and Marissa Tomei says, "That's it. We're done." Well, she's like, "You get out of here and send he's Scott like, away." Yeah. She's like, "You too." <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Uh, <laughs> so this is Scott is trying to find somewhere to go. We should say that his friends all get put in jail in a very funny scene. Who I think was the. The pharmacy Robert owner Smigel. was Rob Smigel, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Little SNL connection there. Yeah, big time. Triumph the insult comic dog. That scene was crazy. Just like, that was a stressful scene. This stressed me out so bad. And very funny, though, at the same time. But they asked Pete, God, they asked Scott to be the lookout. And so, because he doesn't really want to do this, but he needs money. And so he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And they all go to rob this drugstore so that they can sell the drugs that they rob. And like the owner is there and he has a gun. And uh, so it's not really Scott's fault. Like he was no, looking no, no. out he, because the guy he, was inside. He was the inside. Place. No, that's <laughs> stupid. Like I didn't like. Like I get that if you were them, you'd be mad at him because of course you're trying yeah. to blame someone else. But logically, but as the viewer, as the lookout, he wouldn't have been able to tip them off right. about that, whether he was paying attention or not. But the right. movie even sets it up like he's playing on his phone, not doing his lookout job, which technically he wasn't. Right. But he could have not stopped that as well. So it's kind of one of those weird things where they set him up as goofing off, but then. Yeah, what's he going to do? Say, oh, yeah, there's a guy shooting at you. Look out. <laughs> right. Like, it's, so he ends up shooting one of the guys. So, yeah, so all of his all of his buddies get put in jail. Uh, and he kind of he first he goes first he goes to his buddy in jail. and He's like, hey, uh, you know, can I stay at your house? And he's like, no, no, you can't. He's like, you, you got us put in here. It's like, well, he didn't. Then there's the running gag of... Do they record those calls? Those calls, I don't think they do. I know they do when you call out, but when you're at the window, because in movies and TV, they're always saying incriminating crap during those window <laughs> scenes, and I can't ever remember which one they record. You, so if, I'm you, like, if, you, if you use like an actual telephone inside the jail right, to call they record, outside lines, yes. those are recorded. But they don't... You, but like, would, you would be shocked... At what people say on those. How... like, yeah. And they tell you. This call is this being, call is recorded. being recorded. Like they I tap cannot, in every I, minute. I've worked or yeah. so many cases <laughs> where they're just like, "No, we have the confession on the phone on the jailhouse wow. phone," and they're like, "What?" Yeah, all the time. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, so f- I, there is the running gag that uh, Oscar has is being catfished by this girl that he met on <laughs> Tinder. Igor. That's and they're like, good. oh no, those those are fake pictures. And then of course, there's the girl sitting there talking Looks to over. Oscar, and they're like, oh wow, like good, good for well him, done. Igor. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then he go like he and this he goes to Kelsey, the girl that he's Kelsey, you know been hooking who up they with. Have, they they have already split up at this point. Yeah, she said no, so they hook up again. That scene at the like, restaurant was pretty funny though, where she's great. she's on a date like a blind <laughs> like a uh, phone app dating it was app a Tinder whatever. Date. Yeah, and so like she's trying to make she goes there because she knows Scott works there, and she's trying to make him jealous. And he's just like, "Okay, I'll go get your food." And <laughs> yeah. she gets mad at him. She's like, "Why is what is wrong with you? Why this are you not getting to- mad?" Yeah, and then and she just like, blows that guy off. She's like, I, she, she's like, I don't care about him. He'll figure she, it out. He goes, what do I tell your date? She's like, yeah. I don't know. I met him 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, he ruins that relationship where he kind of says, can I crash here for a couple days, a couple months, a, you know, a couple weeks? And he ruins yeah. that one. Like she, you know, she's she's into him for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> but he, he ruins that. So this is he has to go to the firehouse. And this is, I mean, I'll, I'll blow through this part. This is the this is the growing up part. Montage. Yeah. Where he's working in the firehouse. Steve Buscemi's like, yeah, he can stay here. And then basically like, what, you think Are he's going to stay here for free? Now? Go, yeah, you go, go clean toilets. And I like how there's guys <laughs> standing there watching him clean toilets. Like, yeah. like, yeah, good job. Or you missed a spot. It was, it's a really funny montage. And you also get an idea of the, the bond that yes. firemen have that work in a house where, like Pete's walk wakes up the next day and he's like, you know, people are like, good morning. How are you? Uh, the, there's this massive black dude that comes out of the shower, like looking at Pete. Uh, and he was just like, oh, you're, you're so-and-so's kid. He's like, yeah. He's like, yep. I'm sorry. You know, he just kind of goes on, gives this little, you know, he's sitting there in nothing but a very small towel <laughs> and Pete's just like, okay, thank you very much. We find out that some of these firemen actually knew his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Or cross paths with his dad. Yeah, and Steve right, Buscemi is yeah. like an older firefighter. So he mm-hmm. does have some war stories about yeah. his dad that he kind of ke- keeps to himself the entire time because he doesn't want to freak mm-hmm. Pete out, Scott out, whatever. Um, and so he starts to uh, grow up a little bit. And, and Ray starts to warm up to him. Yeah. And finally, like, they, he goes on a call with them and he sees what they do. And it's, I mean, I, I, I don't, with everything that's going on in the world right now, I think uh, firefighters are just like, yeah, we're just going to keep doing our job and we don't, you know, like it's, it's just one of those, it's one of those services in uh public service that people, you'd never get mad at a firefighter. Well, like they're, and they're very <laughs> underappreciated. They're, they're not paid that well. They work long hours. They have to live yeah. at the firehouse and wake up to go on calls when the bell goes off. And like, they, you know, they risk their lives. It's a very underappreciated job and they're very important. They go on EMS calls and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't get a lot of crap. Uh, but you, you, if you've seen what they do or if you know what they do, it's a very tough job. But he, he sees that. And so yeah, he starts to appreciate what Ray does and puts his life on the line just like his dad does. Uh, and they eventually bond and ray finds out that his aspiration is to be a tattoo artist and so he you know he's like oh just do it on me do it on my back i'm not gonna see it anyway (laughs) and we later on find out like he ends up tattooing his entire back full of the craziest garbage random stuff (laughs) yeah and it is hilarious when they eventually see all the different stuff well i think i think one of the turning points is uh ray is walking his son to school and he shows uh a piece of artwork that so he create the son creates the superhero and Pete designs him like draws a 
you know, draws a picture of him. Uh, and Ray's that that's the turning point for Ray is like he actually is pretty good at drawing, maybe not tattooing, but <laughs> yeah. drawing is is a different story. So uh, they have this night out. They have this big fire. They go to this. It's this night out. And Pete starts or whatever. He starts getting <laughs> stories about his dad that make his dad less of uh, a saint. But as a human, his mom only told him stories that made his dad sound like this perfect being where these other guys are like, yeah, he's a, he was a good dude, but he's very much like you, right? Like, he was crazy. He would do crazy things. He was so funny. They tell the story about his dad being coked up. Uh, and I love where, like, Ray's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell him that story. And Pete's like, no, please tell me that story. Like, my entire life he's been this omnipotent being. So getting to hear stories about his dad being normal is a good thing, right? Uh, so, and after that night, you know, like we said, the... They go on this other call. They have this bonding moment, and then here comes. I then this guy I think is also kind of a YouTube star. This big old heavy set dude that walks up. I think he's a chef. Okay, I'm not familiar with. Him. I think, uh, and he comes up with like a wound, and Pete's like, "Uh, I can't help you." He's like, "No, no, no!" Like he's giving all of these excuses as to why he's not stabbed or shot. He yeah. Like, Ran into a weed whacker, yeah. You know, just like clearly, it's a criminal reason, and everyone knows that if you call the you know nine one one with a gunshot wound, like the police are going to get involved. (laughs) Yeah, so he's like, "You got to help me," and and he's like, "I can't. I don't." He's like, "I am so high right now." He's like, "It's cool. So am I." (laughs) So they they take him to the ER. Right, they take him to the ER. They're not getting anywhere. Like, this guy is losing. I do love that Pete stole an ambulance and drove the ambulance to the ER. But he's in the uh, waiting room. And this is this is pretty much the – it's a great commentary on ERs because you go with a quote-unquote emergency and you could wait in the waiting room for two, three hours. And this guy's got a gunshot wound. <laughs> and he's like, uh. <laughs> Which, you know, would never happen really in real life. But it's a funny commentary. It could, be, it could be in Staten Island. I'm Who just knows? saying, if you have a gunshot wound. Uh, so, yeah. So he – I guess he calls Ray and Ray jumps to the scene. He gets there. They, they take him back and uh, they get the guy, you know, around the corner. Here comes Marissa Tomei because she's an ER nurse and they get him into a room. And, and Pete Davidson's real mom, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. She plays one of the nurses. I believe Is she's she the nurse one standing well? there watching like when Marissa Tomei's doing her thing. She's just kind of standing okay. there. Yeah. It's Pete Davidson. It's like a, ma- a cameo for his mom. That's fun. And his grandpa's plays his grandpa too in the movie. Well, that makes sense because that guy was great. Yeah. That's yeah. He was like, did you know who went to Kyle? Blah, blah. Yeah. He, she's like, so I shouldn't go. He's like, no, no, you'll have a great time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, they had this other bonding moment where Marissa Tomei kind of realizes that they've both matured at this point. Um, and the end of the movie is, I mean, it's, I think it's fantastic. It's a fantastic end because it's how this movie should end, right? It's a great ending. Kelsey, the, the girl that he's into, is taking the city, the city planning tests because she wants to help re, you know, build up Staten Island. The mom and Ray are still broken up, but she sees that Scott, he let, Ray let Scott tattoo his whole back and he did yeah. a family portrait of them. And so, which is a really sweet moment and a really, really nice. <laughs> and he did a picture of his dad. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. There's the, the thing on his shoulder is a picture of Pete's dad. <laughs> is, well, right. There's a, yeah. He did, again, a bunch of crazy random crap, but a really nice moment where he draws all of them like a family together. And anyway, it was a really sweet moment. Yes, so. I agree. They're back together now. And I hope they get back to better, 
back together because he tattooed it on his back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he finds Kelsey, who's getting on the ferry to go to to the city. And he says, look, I just want to ride with you. Like, I want to hang out with you. I'm going to help you. She's like, I can't stop you. (laughs) And she's like, okay, I guess. So they're, he's like, you know, they're sitting there and it's very awkward. Uh, And finally he said, you know, they're, they're going over this testing and she, he goes, fine. Finally, he says, I love you. Uh, You know, I, I'm sorry, blah, blah. And she kisses him. And it's not like, uh, let's hook up kiss. Like it's a, it's It's a a, no grease two kiss. It's a, it's a love. It's no grease two kiss. But it's a very emotional kiss. It's a sweet moment. You know, it's a very sweet moment. He's matured a lot since the beginning of the movie, and he finally says how he really feels, which is what she's been waiting to hear this whole time. And yes. But they, they just they leave it at that. And Well, yeah, it's him in the city. And to me, I feel like the next step is he's going to SNL. Uh, I don't know. Right? Like, that's that. I f- he's, in, he's got, like, three and a half hours. I feel like that's he's in the big city for the first time. But Pete Davidson started doing stand-up when he was 16, you know, and, did, and so yeah. they substituted a tattoo artist. I'm guessing maybe he'll finally go get a real apprenticeship. He'll become a tattoo artist. I think tattoo artist just replaces Oh, I see. I see. SNL. So I don't think this is supposed to tie straight into it. But I guess that makes sense. It is a nice moment where he's in New York. He's looking around um, in a great, great, perfect song, The Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi starts playing. What an amazing outro. I mean, Kid Cudi's awesome. That song is fantastic. When that hit with this song, The Pursuit of Happiness that he's been chasing, yeah. Scott's been chasing this pursuit the entire movie, I thought that was a brilliant way to end it, and it just cuts to black. It cuts to black, and that's how it should have ended. It's great. A great movie. Yeah. Like I, Because he he does, he does kind of get the happy ending. Like, the family unit is starting to come together. And you can just infer with it what you will. Yeah. And he you finds know, things like they, to make him happy, though. He's been looking and searching for it the whole time. And he's got his family back together. He's got this new family with the firefighters. He's got the girlfriend now. He's got purpose. He's going to go try to actually get a real job and pursue his dreams. Like, we've seen the guy grow a lot. Like, this movie is two hours and 15 minutes. Judd Apatow does long movies. Um, but it's... That, I feel like, is not, like, in current film, though. Comedies comedies i feel like that's the average length comedies aren't generally this long yeah comedies are normally 90 to an hour yeah. 40 90 minutes to an hour 45 like okay. 220 for a comedies and, yeah. and you know i mean he always takes this this rap and and uh it's just kind of what he does but i also think there are some things that could have gone away yeah but uh that could have tightened it up like the whole boxing for tips thing i don't feel like it really went anywhere that felt like an Amtow flick. Yeah, and it and it didn't yeah. really. It wasn't to me. It wasn't that funny, and it didn't really add much or anything. So like I like it could have totally been lost, and and I don't think the movie would have suffered. But sure. But um. But you know. But he also likes to create these kind of uh rich lived in worlds, and so you you need some time to do that as well. So yeah. But. I think it helps this movie. I, I I I don't think it was overly long. I'm not saying there's nothing you could have cut. Yeah. But again, we went on quite the the journey of growth for Scott's character, and I think that over you what need... we assume is six to seven months. Yeah. Like I I think because I mean she she graduates college. The next scene she's going away to college. That's not a thing. Like she wouldn't go away until August. Well, if you're gonna move in and get settled or whatever, at your it's all moving is in August. He works at his college. He would know. <laughs> <laughs> move in starts in August, right? But I mean, you could still. I'm just saying, if she maybe she went early, maybe they she got a house there or something, and she was gonna like get a job. She's makes, a freshman. She has to live on campus. Well, that that's not every school. school. <laughs> that's yeah. not. But still, but anyway. like, yeah. 
But uh, but I think six to seven months, yeah. So, yeah, if this had been 90 minutes, it also would have felt like a sitcom where everything's yeah. wrapped up happily with a bow, and that's not what yeah. they're going for either. No. So, but, uh, yeah, overall, I, I like the movie a lot. I think it's one of Apatow's best films. I, yeah. I think it is. I agree. It's in that same tone as Funny People, and I think it is even more mature. It's probably his most mature film ever, and I think I, it set, tackles very real subject matter, and Pete Davidson really nails it. Like I said, I, I think... I'll look at him differently from now on, and I really hope that he continues to do things. Even though this was close to his life, like Tom said, I would really love to see him in more challenging roles and doing good, great work like this. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And of course, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers. So uh, that's it for this one. Coming up on the next one, what's this? Another new release? <laughs> yes, you are Don't right. get used to it, folks. Yeah, but we're going to tackle uh, this new Spike Lee movie, To Five Bloods. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Skeletor kills the mercenaries. People told me slow my road. I'm screaming out that I'm going to do just what I want. Looking ahead, no turning back. If I fall, if I die, no one lived it to the fullest. If I fall, if I die, no I lived and miss some bullets. I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know everything that shine ain't always gonna be gold. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.